Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, everybody. It's private education time again. Welcome. Um, this is the Smart Sex and Relationship Podcast, in case you'd forgotten that since last week. And I am Ashton Keenan. And this week, um, first of all, we have a chat with, and I'm, I don't know if anyone's prepared for this because I certainly wasn't. We have a chat with Kira Rappel, who is the maker and creator and brains behind a range of scarves, textiles, and things of that ilk that have sex toys printed onto them so butt plugs and beads and vibrators and dildos and all sorts of things um on on a scarf and some of the some of the prints are quite subtle and some of them are um not subtle at all and Kira talks to me about how she has recently taken a trip on the dart where she was wearing one of the more obvious um vibrator scarves (laughs) and I just can't stop thinking about it because Imagine being on the dart and having a scarf with sex toys around your neck and people being like, it, um, is that it? Like, is that it? What, what's going on there? And not actually being able to ask you about it. Because like, who would do that? Imagine walking up to someone on the dart and being like, sorry, excuse me, is that a dildo on your neck there? Or You know what I mean? Like, it, people would think you were coming onto them. So joining me on the phone from Berlin is Kira Rappel and... Kira makes, wait for it, scarves with printed sex toys. Am I right, Kira? Yeah, that's it. Um, <laughs> a variety of different sex toys. And so your website is prickle.ie, is that? Yeah. Okay. That's it. So tell me, I have so many questions, actually. I have so many questions. And when <laughs> when I first when I first saw your work, I was like, well, wow, this is amazing. And then I saw the tiny, tiny hidden sex toys. So and I actually was thinking <laughs> I'm I'm potentially going to call this episode something like Crouch and Vibrator Hidden Sex Toy or something along those yes. lines. <laughs> um, but yeah, just talk me through, first of all, if you don't mind, how you got into how you yeah how you got from I'm Kira Rappel and I'm you know just living my life and now all of a sudden I'm printing sex toys on two textiles I know because sometimes I'm asking myself that question I'm like cool when you google my name now it's like it's totally different search results um but I guess like I think it was like when I I left my job in Dublin um because I wanted to focus on my own work I moved to Berlin and I kind of kept coming back the same themes over and over again when I wanted to look at like the things I wanted to make and I've always been fascinated by the design of sex toys I studied um, visual communications in college and I think just looking at the way they are designed but then the way they're treated it always felt like there was this really interesting contradiction between them because 
they're kind of like these beautiful sculptures and they're really loud and bold and yet they're kind of like shrouded in mystery and secrecy and we hide them away and I think it just this theme just kept coming back up for me so I just started to kind of explore what that was why it like seemed so interesting to me yeah but that that theme is kind of true for not just sex toys but kind of sex in general in a way like there's, totally. a, there's a lot of kind of mystery and a lot of you know a shame and embarrassment and those sorts of things around it so how did you kind of like break through that and actually go no do you know what this is this is my theme this is what I'm gonna go with yeah, it's it's kind of funny because there because even when I started talking about it to people, I could feel myself being a little embarrassed, you know, kind of saying like, "Oh, this is what I'm working on at the moment." Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess maybe that's why the work became so repetitive because I kind of just kept doing it and kept coming back to it and kept building it up. And the more I did it and saw kind of how much I was getting out of it and how much it was sort of like getting these really interesting responses from other people and making people really giddy. I was like, oh, this is actually like really interesting for the time we're in now. It feels like people want to have these conversations and people kind of want to have these little, uh, little kind of, even if it's in a small group, these little in-between conversations they can have about this type of stuff and the joy that this type of stuff brings, do you know? Yeah. And like, I mean, your prints are quite like they're they're definitely talking points. So do you find that your customers almost buy them as conversation pieces? Do they buy them to kind of make that statement and, and have that outlet to talk about the sexual themes? Yeah, like uh, what I've been noticing is there's a kind of a mix. I think some people, because I mean, in the designs, there's, there's ones that are a lot more overtly um, sex toys and there's others where I think they're hidden away a bit. And mm. it seems that you can kind of choose whether you want it to be a very kind of loud statement or it can kind of be like an in-joke, I think. So I've noticed that that's sort of the two sides have been going. People sort of Wear wearing them to it mass. as a statement. <laughs> yeah, and other people kind of been like, do you know what this is? You know, and kind of giving it like, oh yeah, like someone told me they wanted to get one for their granny and I was like, oh Christ. <laughs> I like that though. No, I do. I like that. And to be fair, I feel like if my either of my grannies are still around, they would appreciate the in joke. <laughs> I feel like they'd, yeah, they'd really I get think it. So. Yeah. And so, um, what sort of customers do you have? Like, you know, what would your customer profile be, or is it really varied? It, that's the thing. It's been so varied, um, which has been really interesting. Like at the start, it was obviously all just friends, you know, because. I've been working on this for a few years before anyone saw it mm-hmm. other than friends. So when stuff was finally available, there was a lot of like really good friends buying stuff. And then it was so exciting to see them wear it and how they wore it. Yeah. And that became a big push for me to be like, oh, each person has taken it and worn it in a completely different way. Um, and, and then a lot of it's online sales. So I actually don't really know the type of people who are... If, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't actually know who's buying it. Yeah, yeah. Like and are, and who, they're buying, who they're buying it for as well is probably. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I know um, I thought there was a lot of like kind of pre-Valentine's Day purchases and there was a few purchases from men. So I don't know if they were uh, gifts for Valentine's Day and stuff like that, which is really nice. And so the process, tell me about the process. So do you. I don't know, go and get a load of sex toys, photograph them, sketch them. Like, where where do you start and how do you go from kind of initial concept to printed scarf? Um, so, like, what I have on my... I have about 
I'd say I have like 500 images of sex toys that I have colour coded oh, and laid okay. out yeah. in terms of like shape, size, colour. Okay. Yeah. Um, please, please share with me. Please, in. please share with me some of those <laughs> folder names. I need to know. I need to know. Do you have folders called Big Black Dicks or like what? What have you? What have you got going on? Oh my god! I'm actually like, hang on, like I'm gonna check so I could find them for Please you. Please tell I, me. Oh, I have one called Rapple Dildo Picks. That's okay. what I'm looking at right now. That's very literal. Okay. Um, um, sex toy wallpaper. That's another one. Brilliant. Yeah. Um. Oh, there's one just called Fish because I think I have a grouping of ones that look a lot like fish to me. That's completely fair. And actually. I have yeah. a sex toy that looks uh, not unlike a fish. <laughs> oh, like that's like the the whole thing started because I built um, an under the sea themed thing just using all sex toys. So I had like butt plug fish. I had whips um, out of, um, or sorry, yeah, seaweed out of whips. Okay. And I made jellyfish and crabs out of bras and handcuffs. So like this is, that was kind of where it all kicked off for me when I started playing around with what they could look like so yeah and did you it's, start it's did you start playing around with all that stuff just because you had it all hanging around <laughs> or what, where did that start <laughs> that actually came from um, it all kind of started with uh, do you remember Miss Fantasia or sorry it's still going on South William Street yes yeah I've just driven past you know, it like, recently, um, yeah. yeah but I, I remember the first time I went in there and I remember just seeing like everything in there and being like oh my god like it's it's sort of like being like looking at other creatures like they're just these cre- like weird alien creatures all these different shapes but from the outside you wouldn't have a clue that that type of stuff is in there mm-hmm. um and i think it all just like started from that i was like this is these are bizarre like they're bizarre looking and then really fun and everyone's so giddy when they're around them so I was like it kind of all just came from that I think and like anytime I mean I've never ever I have to admit I've never looked at sex toys from a kind of an aesthetic perspective or from an artistic perspective but now that like now that I've been looking at images of your your work and I've kind of had a look you know like I remember a few years ago I I I used to do the sex column for You Magazine while You Magazine was still, Ah, still going in Ireland and we did a sex toy awards and so I enrolled a load of people as judges and I gathered a load of sex toys and I had to hand them out to them to test and like thinking back now some of them were beautifully designed. Like some of them were, exactly, yeah. Like I, unexpectedly so. Um, for you know the job that they're doing, they could have easily just been completely functional, not having to look particular, particularly sexy or whatever. Um, but there was obviously a lot of design thought put into them. So is that something that you were aware of and wanted oh, to bring forward? Absolutely, and mm. I think that's where the contradiction is so interesting to me because like in a way it's like they're screaming to be seen like they're so beautiful and bright and sculptural um and then they're hidden away or they're you know in in kind of within the back of shops and stuff Mm -hmm. and I'm always like oh it's like they've been designed for a world where we're all far more comfortable with them than we are you know that's yeah 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 Yeah, they're ahead of themselves in a way yeah Mm. kind of and but I think you see it in design the design of them now, I think they're more and more like what shops are stocking is so they're really beautiful. And I, I don't think they're 
the type of things that people are as uncomfortable like having around you know yeah and I, I know like I mean it's certainly in my experience they're very much like a thing that you keep in your bedside locker drawer you don't put them on display or anything like that so <laughs> has designing these you know textiles with sex toy prints on them has that made you a bit more like, oh, yeah, sure, there's my vibrator. It's hanging around the living room. Or are you still kind of like, no, you know, all my sex toys are still hidden. What Has it changed your personal perspective on all that kind of stuff? It kind of, it's funny. I like, I haven't got them up like, you know, like a trophy cabinet, but I definitely, <laughs> yeah. I definitely am more like drawn to how they look in terms of buying them. I think of them as an extension of the way I look at like buying clothes and art and I, I look at them in that way now and I think more than anything talking about it and talking about them and kind of female sexuality I'm just far more comfortable with that now mm-hmm. and, and ha- since doing all of this. And have you ever had a moment where you've been wearing one of your own designs and someone on the street has taken a long stare shall we say? <laughs> yeah yeah the because the, the, the I don't know if you've seen there's a one called the banana which is black with yellow. The yellow yeah I've seen um, that one yeah it's beautiful I love it but it's probably the most um, obvious one mm-hmm. and then I wore that on the dart <laughs> into work one day and there was just two people staring off at me the whole time I was like oh, this is brilliant and like you kind of could feel like they wanted to talk about it you yeah, know yeah, yeah. Like, I assume the minute I get off this dart they're going to be like did you see that <laughs> and they probably weren't sure if um, if that's what they were looking at you know they were probably like is Totally. Is that a repetitive print of a dildo or am I like, do you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, definitely. And it becomes like almost like a where's Wally for people. I think yeah, when yeah, you yeah. finally figure out what it is, everyone's like, oh, wait, I have to find them all now. <laughs> and have you, um, sorry, I just, I'm, I'm looking at the, I actually just pulled up the picture of the, the banana one. And I just think it's like I'm picturing yeah. the scene on the dart and it's just hilarious. Um and have you noticed, I suppose in the last maybe, like, I, I guess when you started selling them, um, have you noticed the more kind of, I suppose, Ireland as a country comes around to being a little bit more comfortable with our sexuality and all that kind of stuff? Have you noticed an upswing in, you know, people willing to buy sex toy scarves? Yeah, like... I will. I guess what I've noticed is like the conversation. People are excited to have the conversation. Um, yeah. It feels like things are really have been changing in Ireland. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I think there's always been people pushing it, but it feels like now. I, I kind of feel like as well. Post repeal, the conversation feels um, much more mainstream yeah. around sex yeah. and female pleasure, um, and just women's overall like physical health Mm -hmm. in terms of like in terms of sexual health being such an important part of mental and physical health uh it definitely feels and people are kind of i think the scarves just came out at a time where people wanted something like this you know yeah yeah there was just kind of a a natural market for it i saw um you were featured in irish tatler magazine in the most recent issue that's just gone on shelf um at the moment i was working there actually and i saw your inclusion in, oh, in, in the piece and it, it looked really great and I was just thinking like I mean I've, I've worked in magazines for a long time and I know that you know when I started out like 10 or 12 years ago it 
that would not have had that include that same inclusion and I was just so it's so you know I'm so happy to see it and yeah because obviously I kind of feel you know these conversations need to happen more um so I really admire what you're doing I think it's really creative um it's something that I would never it would never have crossed my mind in a million years to do so um I'm really yeah I'm really <laughs> thanks so much for um uh, talking to us all the way from Berlin and um ah thanks for me thank you so much and um yeah I'll make sure to put a link to prickle.ie into the show notes so that everyone can go on and have a look at the banana <laughs> oh daddy listen thank you so much thank you so much Kira. like I was going to say how's about them apples but how's about them bananas um I just can't cope and I really want to buy one of those scarves what is it like why why I did this must happen to everyone who wants to buy one of those scarves like what what is it about them that makes you just be like yeah I think I'd like to wrap that sex toy repetitively around my neck on a piece of silk anyway it's just it's weird but fantastic um and I just you know there's something and I was saying this to to Kira I know you just heard the interview but like it's kind of deadly that you can have like an in joke with yourself as you walk around and you know flaunt your style or whatever um okay so for the rest of the episode I'm going to start off with a quick just a really quick um question that I got in about a relationship on the at private education podcast Instagram so I will keep it all anonymous as I always promise to do and the message starts the message actually starts with the word help which you know caught my attention straight away so this lady says help I matched with a guy on tinder in August started seeing each other twice a week still seeing each other twice a week so now we're in March and he stays in mine normally once a week He says he doesn't want a relationship as he promised to focus on himself and his daughter when he split with his ex, which was two and a half years ago. We go away for nights away, out for dinner and for drinks. He's also met some of my friends. I don't know what to do. I'm mad about him. He says he's mad about me and is sorry he can't give me what I want. And she puts in brackets, a relationship. Do I walk away? It's six months of seeing him twice a week and him staying in mine. We talk every day and I know he cares about me. I don't know what to do. So my first thought on this is, how do you know he cares about you? Because you're seeing him twice a week. He's staying in your house. You've been seeing him for the best part of six months. In fact, more than six months. Quick maths. Um, And so what is the evidence that he cares about you? Because if he did, he would respect the fact that after six months, you and I presume you've said it to him because he's apologized for not being able to give you what you want, as you've said. So I presume presume you've gone to him and said, look, I'm really into you and I like it a lot. And, you know, as evidenced by the fact that you stay in my house and we, I presume, have sex and have this relationship going on. We go out for dinner, we go for drinks, we go for nights away. Like you are practically in a relationship. And the fact that he's saying he can't give you what he wants is a bit of a have your cake and eat it sort of situation it appears to me obviously now I'm probably being very harsh I'm in a bit of a mood but I I kind of get the feeling that he is like I want to focus on myself I want to like focus on my daughter which is completely noble and fair but if that's the case he can't be having this like pseudo relationship with you um if he wants time alone if he wants to focus on 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 other things he needs to do that and not keep you hanging on because like think about what you're providing him with you're providing him with emotional support you're providing him with fun with sex with dates you're providing him with all of the things from your perspective you're giving him all of the things that should happen in a relationship 
and he, I, you know, obviously he's there too. He's given you, you know, he, he's going on the dates. The it definitely takes two of you to ride, all that kind of stuff. But he is like stopping when it comes to giving you commitment and giving you, you know, the the things that that level of commitment comes with, like other levels of support and you know maybe moving in together and um essentially the chance of a future so I don't know what what age you are and I don't know what age he is but no matter really what age you are if he's only you know he's only there for the good stuff it seems and the truth is he may well care about you like he might think you're an amazing girl and you know you're great to date and you're you know like he might really really care about you but he doesn't it kind of, it stops at like yes I really care about you it, it could not possibly cross over into love because someone who loves you respects your wishes and your needs and is willing to compromise and if he's saying yeah look I'll take all the good happy relationshipy stuff but that's where it ends that's really not fair and I don't think anyone should have to stick around for that and have to give themselves um to a person that doesn't like it you should always feel like a relationship is somewhat 50 50 and I say it all the time it's always it's not always going to be 50 50 there's going to be times where you know you're given more and and you're getting less and vice versa whatever but for him to just be like yeah I'll take all this good stuff and then I'll completely ignore the fact that you want to refer to me as your boyfriend and introduce me to your family and you know all those kinds of steps that naturally you want to take after six months of seeing someone um I think that's kind of disrespectful and I kind of go with the mantra of like show rather than tell so like if you're with someone and you really care about them and you really like them and you respect them and all those things it should be completely apparent from your actions rather than what you say so if he's saying yeah, look, I really care about you. I really want to see you. I blah blah blah. And then he's he's not turning that feeling into action, uh, as in, you know, making it official and calling his girlfriend. Then I think you might need to look at it. Um. Hold up! What was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And I know that's easier said than done because if I was in your position after seeing someone for six months and feeling feelings for them and you know being intimate and all that kind of stuff I would be very reluctant I'll be completely honest to be like okay bye um and it seems it's kind of one of those things where you have to kind of look at the long-term implications of what's going on so like you have to look at six months from now when you've been seeing him for a year and you've given him 
whether you like it or not, you've given him a committed year of your life. And he's still like, mm, yeah, but like, and, you know, kind of holding his hands up and, and pulling out his collar and being a little bit like standoffish about the whole commitment thing. That, you know, think about yourself in six months time and think about would you be okay with it then? And think about yourself in five years time and if he's still like, yeah, no, look, I'm just trying to focus on myself. Well, how about get your head out of your hole and focus on someone else for a change? Sorry, that was, that crossed the line. <laughs> that, that went into um, my personal feelings too strongly. But do you know what I mean? Like, I, I kind of feel like you have to look after yourself. You have to put yourself first no matter what. And look, that's what he's doing. And you can't judge him for that either. Um, he's putting himself and his, his daughter first. So you kind of have to do the same thing. And if that means removing yourself from that situation, if that's what's going to be good for you in the long term, um, that's probably, yeah, that would probably be my advice on that. I hope that helps. I hope it wasn't too harsh. I'm sure it probably was. So I hope it helped and my apologies. I, I always feel like I have to apologise after I do these um, agony aunt things because I always, I, I just, I'm harsh. I think I'm, I think I'm too harsh. I think I need to be like, it's fine. He probably does want to be with you. You just have to do whatever. <sighs> lads, 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 lads. Okay, we're going to move on. Uh, I'm going to talk for a few more minutes um I'm not going to keep you because look we've all got place to be and things to do and people to do and whatever but I saw a piece in Cosmopolitan magazine which is one of my favorite magazines um I saw a piece the other day in the most recent issue oh Jesus Christ sorry I just almost threw my phone on the ground uh Paris Hilton is on the cover which blew my mind because are is this 1998 I don't know but the feature was about sex dreams and what they mean. And it really intrigued me because it one of the statistics in it was really mad. It was it said something like 29% of people have admitted to having a sex dream. And I'm like, 29%? 29? Like, should that not be 99.99999? Have we not all had sex dreams? Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. I'm going to have to do a poll, haven't I? Mm. Um... I just assume that everyone has sex dreams at some point, but maybe, I don't know, maybe people aren't on board for admitting that they have, I don't know. Anyway, but we've all had that moment where we've woken up and been like confused, like, okay, yes, aroused, but also a little bit confused about why in God's name we would be having sex dreams about our boss or about the man who works in the centre near your apartment or about, I don't know, the person that you saw on the dart was he wearing sex toys on his scarf? Who's to say? Um, but the thing is, you know, even if you've had like the steamiest sex dream about someone really, really inappropriate. Um, and like, look, the thing is as well, we don't always have sex dreams about our partners. And there's nothing to feel guilty about there, by the way, because you cannot control your subconscious. That's why it's called your subconscious. You have no control over that that particular area of your brain. Um, but sex dreams are a completely normal part of life and it's safe to say that pretty much all of us have them at some point. Um, and dreaming about sexual activity with, with someone that's not your partner is also totally grand um, and nothing to worry about. But what the dreams tell you, like what they mean, as in having a dream about your boss, like riding you, is not indi- indicative of the fact that you want to have sex with your boss. Um and having like, you know, say, for instance, you're a, a gay man and you have a dream that you have sex with a, with, a, with a woman. That doesn't mean you're not going to wake up and be like, oh, hang on a second. Maybe I am straight. 
they tend not to be that literal, uh, which is, I mean, can only be a good thing because I would not want, I would not want to read out on this medium the back catalogue of my own sex dreams, I can tell you. Um, so yeah, when you wake up and you're like, why the hell did that just happen? It it definitely relates back to what's happening in your waking life. So if you're stressed or anxious, you know, you'll have a stressful or an anxious dream. Like I remember um, I went to Vegas a couple of years ago and every night, because I was so over overstimulated by everything during the day, I was going to shows and I was going through casinos and I was walking up that long boulevard or whatever it's called what's it called the strip and I was seeing pirates and I was seeing spider-man and I was seeing girls in sparkly dresses and I was seeing naked men and I was you know I was so overstimulated that for the whole time in Vegas I was having these absolutely mental dreams and so what happens during the day does affect what what goes through your mind at night and it doesn't necessarily mean like if you have some kind of you know exceptionally horny day that you're going to have a real horny dream that doesn't it doesn't line up quite that way um but anyway so the meaning of sex dreams look this is not a fine science because you know it's dreams so nobody you can't really analyze it that well but um essentially what you have to do is you have to focus on the symbolic representation so when sex when you you know when you have a sex dream you have to look at kind of what happened so as soon as you open your eyes Leave aside the fact that you've just been, you know, doing reverse cowgirl with a 60 year old boss and focus on how the dream begins, how what happens in the middle and how it ends. And essentially what you're looking to do is you're looking to identify the emotion in the dream and you're looking to identify where that might be missing from your waking life. So I'm going to go through a couple of sample dreams, I suppose, and just talk about what a a bit about what they might mean so if you have sex with a stranger or like not not maybe not a stranger but someone who you like barely know so like I don't know the person in your local shop or I don't know your friend's friend's friend or so you know someone kind of that you're not really you don't really know all that well it could be a case that you know you're just a bit horny and you just are in your dream want to kind of like this one kind of almost seems like the clearest one you're kind of just in your dream like picking a random person to act out your sexual fantasy on but at the same time what it could mean is that you like what this is all from my reading of the internet obviously but like what what the the vibe I kind of got when you have sex with a stranger is you kind of want to feel a, a bit of a detachment from something it's kind of like you're almost trying to distance something from you that's the vibe I got anyway um having a sex dream about your ex dun, dun, dun. um depending on how like often you're having the dream and how long you've been broken up from your ex they can mean something different um but if it's if it's a case of you're having them recurring like all the time it could be an unresolved thing with an ex um, but if you are just after breaking up with them, it could be a case that you're just adjusting to having sex with someone new. Um, it might be a case that like, so oftentimes when you have a, a dream about your ex, it can be because you feel like you might be missing something about them. Now, not them necessarily, 
but it might be that you're missing an aspect of their personality or something that they gave you in a relationship that you're not currently getting um so that's kind of something to look at so if you have a sex dream and I don't know your ex is you have a sex dream where your ex and you go to the zoo and you're having sex in the zoo it could literally mean that you want to be a bit more adventurous in your current relationship whether that's sexually or otherwise um it could mean that you are you know yeah it could just mean that you're looking for a bit more spontaneity or you know so try and identify okay what what does this represent for me what does the location represent what does the person represent and it's not to say that you're missing the person it's that you are trying to find a quality maybe that they had um and they obviously look right there's always going to be the, the time where you accidentally ran into your ex in the street and then had a sex dream about them but it's not because you're all of a sudden and you see these things always happen you wake up and you're like oh Jesus do I miss them do I still fancy them what's going on there and nine times out of ten that's not actually the answer the answer is they appeared in your waking life and your subconscious is literally just trying to assign those those like waking life happenings into little categories at nighttime so it's something I kind of think about a lot and and feel I suppose is that um I don't know if if this is common knowledge I'm sure it probably is and you're probably like oh shut up when you're asleep your brain processes all of your thoughts from the day so that's why you know if you are lacking in sleep you can sometimes get confused or you can be a bit groggy or you can be a bit kind of not really knowing feeling like you don't know your own mind like I know someone I, I was um I think I might have actually been Cassie. Cassie was so so tired recently that she felt like she was drunk or hungover or, you know, you kind of lose a bit of the mental kind of accuracy that you're used to. When you're asleep, your brain processes what's happened during the day. So it, it essentially, you spend the day gathering information, seeing things, talking about things, forming opinions, having conversations. And then at nighttime, while you're at rest and your brain doesn't have to do a million other things, it kind of it almost like files away all your thoughts so at the at, at night time when you lie down when your head hits the pillow picture like a completely chaotic filing cabinet or office filing office and there's just paper everywhere there's folders there's stickers on things that don't belong there's names in wrong places and when you go to sleep your brain starts tidying that room and putting all those pages into the folders that they're meant to be in and it helps recall and that's why you know when you're like doing exams and people say don't pull an all-nighter because that's completely counterintuitive that's that's so true because when you go to sleep your brain sorts all sorts through all your thoughts and sorts through everything that you've taken in and helps you be able to remember it better the next day or for whenever you need it it helps with you know your general recall so um the same thing happens in your sex dreams. If you see someone during the day or if you think of someone or if somebody sends you a message, they could wind up in your dream just by virtue of the fact that they crossed your mind during the day. So it doesn't ever mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you miss your ex or you fancy your boss or whatever it is. Um, it just could be because they are proximate to your, the rest of your life. Um, Sex dreams involving like bondage or sadism or masochism or discipline or anything like that um that could literally mean that you feel tied up tied to something restrained in some way do you see what I'm getting at here there's kind of a theme 
Um, and also bear in mind that if you do have some kind of really, really intense sort of dream that you kind of think might be a little bit pervy or a bit wrong or a bit unnatural or whatever it is, um, don't worry. Our sexual experiences and our dreams are completely private. Nobody has to know. You don't ever have to tell someone your dream. You don't have to wake up and turn over and say to your partner, oh, look, I actually had a dream last night that you whacked me around the face with a whip for two hours. You don't have to share that. So that's fine. Um, A dream about oral sex. It could literally mean that you want to say something that you're not able to say, like orally. (laughs) That sounds mad, but that's kind of the vibe I got. If you're dreaming about oral sex or you're dreaming about giving it or taking it, it could mean that you feel unable to say something, maybe because your mouth is full, or you feel like you want to say something. Um, and yeah, just think of the word oral, basically. Um, so there's loads of different ones here. There's like sex that involves dirty talk, sex that involves your teachers. The The dirty talk one is interesting, actually, because it means that, or it might mean, of course, that you want to be more communicative in your real life. So sex talk means communication, that kind of thing. Um, so basically, look, the thing is, if you have a dream, a sex dream and you're not sure what it means, everything that, everything that I've just said, literally everything I've just said is, is on Google, freely available. But if you have a sex dream, the thing that I want, the, the take home message here is, um, like, don't, don't blame yourself or don't feel bad or feel guilty or feel perverted or whatever for the sex dreams that you have because you physically have no control over them. It doesn't mean that in your waking life you are you know just because you you might have a dream about BDSM doesn't mean you have to rock down to the the sex shop and start buying you know restraints for yourself that's not it doesn't mean that those are your waking feelings um likewise with any dream I mean people have mad dreams all the time I have saga dreams every night I don't know what it is I don't know if everyone dreams every night that's another poll I'll have to do I literally dream every single night and they're not just like a little casual like I have Lord of the Ring style, like epic, seven book long, crazy, like saga dreams. I wake up every morning and I'm just like, oh my God. Like there's times where I've woken up and been like, I'm exhausted from that dream because I trekked across the Andes. Do you know what I mean? Like you just, there's dreams where I'm like, Christ, that made me feel really tired. Um, So, but yeah, like the, the main thing is have the sex dreams, enjoy them and don't blame yourself for the content because you have no control over it and also I'm going to put this up as a poll um on the on the Instagram as well at private education podcast um I don't know about you but I have never actually achieved orgasm while I've been asleep you you're like it's it's almost like when you're having a sex dream you're constantly on the verge of it like you're you get to the point where you're like oh yeah this is going to happen imminently and then it's still imminent and still imminent and still imminent and then you wake up and you're like well I was about to get a freebie there and I did not um I've never been able to do it I've like I mean and that just further shows that you've no control over what goes on in your subconscious mind because if I had control I would have achieved it by now um yeah so I'd love to know um send me messages or leave a review leave a review actually just make it public be like Yes, I have achieved the thing that you've mentioned at the end of the podcast there, Ashling. Um, so yeah, that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed the kind of 
this is a little kind of mini mag of um, a podcast episode. We had Kira talking about her amazing sex toy textiles, and then we had the agony ant bit, and then we had the sex dream bit, and now we're going to have the goodbye bit. And in this part, I'd like to say that I am absolutely buzzed about the live recordings of private education on the 25th and 26th of March. I have Prosecco ready to go. It's probably in the fridge, cool and already. I have, um, there'll be finger food. There'll be, and like, I mean, finger food, I, I, like finger, like as in canapes. There's nothing saucy about this. I'm not going to, like, there's no like dick themed food or like vag themed. There's not like, it's literally going to be just regular canapes that you don't feel uncomfortable eating. Um, there'll also be some cupcakes personalized. Well, not to the individual, but private education cupcakes. Um, and I'm also going to have prizes and stuff to give away on the night because, um, just feel like it's what I'm gonna do and they're gonna be good trust me they're gonna be good um yeah so if anyone is coming I'm really looking forward to seeing you all I'm really looking forward to meeting some of you and there are still a couple I like when I say a couple I think there are literally three maybe four tickets still available for the 25th um and I am also going to announce I I may have already done it by the time this episode comes out but I'm going to announce the winners of the competition on private education podcast on Instagram um of who won the tickets there so if you entered that competition go and check the page um and in the meantime like I say every week I would really really love if anyone had had a millisecond this week to give a review or a star rating um or anything like that to private education and if you wanted to tell your pals I would also appreciate that um so yeah without further ado I will say goodbye for this week and I'll talk to you next week with more sexy sex content and actually next week I think what I'm going to do is I got a book sent to me called the vagina bible now I haven't so much as turned one single page because I've been balls to the wall but I feel like there's probably going to be some content there that we could use for the podcast so that's what I'll do I'll come back next week we'll have the chats about vaginas and until then stay safe have fun and yeah be well Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.